Sunday, June the thirteenth. Welcome to this Burlington Audio podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. We're coming into the final bend, the final straight of our reset series. Claire did a fantastic job last week of helping us pivot from where we've been, thinking about our emotions, processing the things that are wrong, reflecting on the experience, to pivoting our journey from that process and prayer towards action. As she talked to us from the valley of dry bones, we need God's life-giving spirit to give life to all that's uh, to come. And that marks the beginning of this final section, which I guess is a call to action. For the people of God in the Old Testament, after their time of lockdown, their reset, they were repowered by God into a new future. And it was time for them to take action. And it all came uh, quite suddenly in a way, at least at the beginning. But then, as we will see over these next weeks, it took quite a long time before things settled down. And to help us understand this call to action, this season that as the reset comes to an end, as the planning and the vision and the preparation and the journey through lockdown comes to an end, so is the call to step out into godly action. And we see that epitomized uh, as clear as anything in the books Ezra and Nehemiah in our Old Testament Bibles. In fact, originally it was just one book called Ezra Nehemiah, and it tells the story of three returns, three moments of coming out of lockdown, three uh, uh, seasons of the people being powered up to start uh, all over again. As the people of God came out of exile, point number one, there was an opportunity to seize. And the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, two books in the Old Testament, but one book originally for uh, the person that wrote it in the beginning, Ezra and Nehemiah tells the story of three leaders, Zerubbabel, Ezra and Nehemiah, who led different and distinct seasons of return. Zerubbabel returned and uh, got the altar rebuilt and re-established, the worship of God's people, the sacrifice uh, being at the very centre of their worship, and eventually the building of the temple. Ezra came back and helped the people uh, reform their spiritual lives, all about uh, rhythms of godliness, teaching and discipleship. And then Nehemiah came back to help with the transformation of the whole culture. It was quite literally there in Ezra and Nehemiah, up, in and out. There you go. You can't get away from it. It's everywhere, isn't it? As we see in the pattern of Jesus's life. I guess no surprises there. But each of those leaders, 
saw that there was an opportunity to seize. As they came out of lockdown, there was an opportunity for them to seize. What is your opportunity to seize as you, as we come out of lockdown? I know that it can be in some ways uh, overstated, but this is an opportunity, isn't it? An opportunity for us to do things differently, to be different, to live different, to have different values, to have different things shaping our lives. We will not get an opportunity, I hope, like the one we've just had, to reset things in our lives. So what is the opportunity or what are the opportunities for you to seize as you come out of lockdown? I've been thinking about a couple of verses that for me particularly speak into that. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, didn't he? And he said, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. What are the opportunities for us now as we are powered up as the reset people of God? Not with the opportunities of old, not of the opportunities that are six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years, 10 years down the road. What are the opportunities now for us to seize as the people of God? Make the most of every opportunity. And I love what Paul also said to the, to the Corinthians, that now, this moment, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favour. And I don't know about you, it seems to me that God's favour is all over the place at the moment. It's been such a difficult season for sure, but God's favour is everywhere. We've seen him at work in so many ways. All my conversations, the defining questions with so many different leaders, there's such a sense, isn't there, of God's favour, of this being a, uh, we're on the edge of something exciting and new and fresh that God is doing, that he's calling us into something uh, that's more expansive, that's more effective, that's uh, that, uh, 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 more full of his presence, perhaps even than than before. So there's a real sense of God's favour. Now is the day of God's salvation. Now is the time of his favour. So what is the opportunity that God is inviting you to seize? If the people of God, after the reset, had not seized the opportunity, there would have been no story to tell and the Old Testament would have come to a very abrupt end. So what is the opportunity? What is the opportunity in your relationships, your community, your workplace, your neighbourhood, your family? What are the opportunities in the church, wherever God has placed us? But in order to seize those opportunities, as we look at this book, Ezra, Nehemiah, there were three leaders There was a person who stood up and then others followed. There was a person each time, each moment of return, each season of coming out of lockdown. There was a person who went first. There was somebody who led the way. There was somebody, if you like, who who stuck their head above the parapet. who said, "I'm, I'm first in Zerubbabel and then Ezra and then Nehemiah. So I'm asking you, will you be that person? 
Will you be the person to make a stand, to stand up and go, you know, I'm going to step out. I'm going to go first. I'm going to uh, uh, seize the moment and get the ball rolling. And, and, and we see, don't we, in the story of Ezra and Nehemiah, when Zerubbabel got going, loads of them followed. When Ezra got going, loads of them went with him. When Nehemiah went, loads went with him and so on. But it needs someone. Let's not spend all of the time waiting for each other. But let's be the someone who says, yes, let's go. Let's seize the moment. Let's do something. Now, there was a lovely phrase in that passage that Katie read to us from uh, Nehemiah. Uh, And Nehemiah, as he steps out, he stands up in front of the king. As he makes that bold step, he says, I was very much afraid. We know that feeling, don't we? But notice a couple of things. Being afraid was not a reason for Nehemiah not to do anything about it. Of course we are afraid. That's what the Bible says again and again and again and again and again. Do not be afraid. Of course we are afraid to stand up and to step out. But God needs people who will stand up and step out. We need to be people who will do it afraid. Don't wait until the fear is gone because you will always be waiting. There is always fear lurking that will stop us taking action. Just a couple more thoughts about that fear that I just sensed the spirit setting on my heart to share uh, this morning. The, the first is, is, the, is the fear. Uh, is the fear of, of perhaps doing the wrong thing. And we spend so much time thinking about whether it's the right thing to do that we end up doing nothing. Is this the right mission? Is that the right person? Should Maybe God wants me to do this rather than that. And, and actually, we spend so much time fearing that we might do the wrong thing that we never actually do anything. And I think while we're going Sometimes in our hearts, is it this? Is it that? Maybe it's the other. Oh, oh, could be, maybe should be. God says, oh, please just do something. Just do something. Because God can take the something that we do, the loaves and the fishes, and fan it into uh, something remarkable. God won't be put off or taken by surprise by what we do. If we if we've got open hearts towards God, don't allow the enemy to keep whispering, you've got to get it right, you've got to get it right. And we're so afraid of getting something wrong that we never actually do anything. Do you know what? It's much easier to change once you've got moving. It's much easier to steer a car. Try turning the wheel pre-power assisted steering, if any of you can remember that. Try turning the wheel when you're stationary. You can't get that wheel around. You have to uh, reverse park, start moving really slowly and move the wheel really quickly uh, in order to move the wheel. Because it's much easier to change direction when you are moving. And it's the same with us. If we just sit and say, I'm not sure, should I do this? Should I do that? What about the other? God says, just do something. And once we get moving, he can steer our course into the right place. So when I'm thinking about fear today, do not be afraid of doing the wrong thing so that you end up doing nothing. I think that can be so often our stories and the enemy paralyzes us in that way. So do it afraid. 
Don't let fear of doing the wrong thing put you off doing something. Get moving for God's sake, for God's kingdom's sake. Do something. So uh, we're seizing the opportunity and God's looking for people that will stand up, that will step out, that will go first. And I love the way that uh, Zerubbabel's story, Ezra's story and Nehemiah's story all have so many things in common. And, and the one thing that they have in common that I want to leave you with this morning is that they were given everything that they need. Look at Ezra chapter one. Look at what happened when Zerubbabel and those who were moved in God's heart to go with him went back. They were given back everything that had been taken when they went into exile. God gave them back everything that they'd lost. But look at the verses just before that. God not only gave them back everything that they'd lost, God also gave them so much more, so much more. There is a bounty of supplies as we come out of lockdown. There is a bounty of God's provision. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall, sorry, I shall not be in want. I shall lack no good thing. There's me mixing up my translations. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack no good thing, says some of the more uh, recent translations. And so we see uh, Zerubbabel, Ezra and Nehemiah. See it in Nehemiah. There's those verses beyond the ones that Katie read to us uh, about the provision of them. Um, of safe passage, of cavalry, of everything that they needed. God was supplying his people. He was powering them up. And it was like the new operating system was full of everything that they would need to burst into uh, life, God's kingdom life, to burst into the future that God had uh, for them. So what do you need? Because there is a bounty of supply right now. What do you need to seize the opportunity? And what do you need to stand up, to step out, to go first that we can get this whole new season that God's calling us into underway? Seize the opportunity. People that will stand up and a bounty of supplies for this new season. Exciting times ahead. God bless you. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so as we share communion with one another, we remember the world that God has made and we're going to pray together for our world right now. Lord, in a week where many of the major world leaders have gathered here in the UK for the G7 summit, we pray for leaders across the world. In this time of change and transition, of trauma and pain, we pray for abundant wisdom for those who lead. We pray that they will know your supernatural guidance and leading. As they meet together to this week and as they discuss all kinds of issues from environmental impact to the COVID challenge, through to economy challenge and all kinds of things around vaccine support. We pray, Lord, have your way. Your kingdom come. You are a God of justice, a God of peace 
and a God of unity. And we ask that by your spirit, you bring those things into the hearts and the discussions of our world leaders. And we're aware, Lord Jesus, that your world needs your kingdom more than ever. And we are aware that there are many places in this world that are living in great tragedy at this time. We think of uh, India and other places that haven't made the news where COVID is ravaging towns, cities and nations. We Lord Jesus, whisper them to you now, asking again in your mercy, hear our prayer. And for many of us, we have places on our hearts, places we've been to, places we've served, places that we know others are. We're thinking of our own mission partners in Romania. We're thinking of our own mission partners in Kyrgyzstan. We're thinking of our own mission partners in Kenya. We're thinking, Lord Jesus, of places that we know and love. And we just whisper to you now our prayers for your world. God so loves the world. May your world experience your love today, O Lord. May each of us experience your love today, O Lord, because your love brings hope. Your love brings peace. Your love brings joy. Your love brings certainty. Your love wipes away tears as we rest in your presence May we experience your love. It's not a love that is mushy or fluffy. It's a love that actually holds us and restores us. So, Lord, thank you for your love for each of us and for your world. We go in your love into this week so that we can be loved, so that we can love others. Help us in that, we pray. In your name. Amen.